0: Welcome to your Sunday Reader. Today we'll be discussing the readings for the Solemnity of Jesus Christ the King, 2010. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Chosen One, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the King of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation, and indeed we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Hello and welcome to your Sunday Reader. I'm Father Brian, and I'm here today with Don.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Don, it's good to have you back.
1: It's hard to believe it's been months and months.
0: I know it's been all summer, and then we couldn't get our schedules to coordinate at all. It seems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to say I've just been relaxing on the beach ever since uh, we and we took a break. But it's been busy, busy, busy.
0: Yeah, the no, summer was good for me. It was a downtime a little bit, but uh, it's actually it's harder to um, to podcast during the regular year. We should actually summer's the time where I say that's when we <laughs> should be podcasting, do all of them then. And then just <laughs> stockpile them so we can just put them out later. But, well, I don't know if I could handle
1: that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
0: but uh, everything is going well with you.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, here in Canandaigua, it's the chosen spot. Where else would you want to be?
0: Yes. Well, here in Rochester, let me tell you something, Don. I today went to my desk drawer since we we're podcasting together. I need micro or not my micro- headphones. I need mm-hmm. microphone too, but. I needed headphones so that you know your voice doesn't echo or anything on right, my end of the ish. podcast as we record this. These are all the technical deal details <laughs> of the podcast for those who are listening here. And so I pulled out my headphones from my drawer. You would have thought I stored them in maple syrup. <laughs> so I have to run out and buy new headphones now. Oh dear! A, <laughs> they're all sticky and gooey, and I'm trying to. I tried to wipe them down, but that didn't seem to really work. Any, it's uh, the cord is really quite sticky.
1: Are you sitting, storing maple syrup in your dress desk drawer?
0: <laughs> I, I don't have any maple syrup in my desk drawer or anything. Because oh. I looked around and said, did something spill on these? I'm st- feeling to see if the door, drawer is sticky or something. It's not. It's just like the plastic on these things has just gotten uh, like, gooey and old. So I'm sitting disgusting. here with that. And, and they need to be replaced anyway because right now the, the left ear doesn't work at all anyway. Oh, so I, I only that. have one ear. So. Um, So soon I will
1: come in in stereo.
0: That's right, that's right. But right now you're only coming in, uh, you know, mono in my ear there. (laughs) Anyway, so now that we've got those details of the podcast ironed out here, we can talk about uh, these readings here. Don, it almost seems like we should be back in Holy Week here with this gospel reading. Exactly. Uh, We've got Christ on the cross um, right here in these readings. And do you want to talk a little bit about why we're reading this now as opposed to on, I don't know, you know, Good Friday,
1: let's say. (laughs) Well, I think it's funny because we hear Christ on the cross, but this is the solemnity of Jesus Christ the King. And so here we're talking about Christ the King, and yet we see Jesus on the cross. But the church has a purpose in this. It's actually the end of our liturgical year, so next week we can say Happy New Year. Um, And I know, really, we'll get noisemakers and all that exciting things. We're going to have a little Uh, countdown. Oh, nice. I like that. Instead
0: of having Dick Clark, we could have Bishop
1: Clark do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now that I've lost my train of thought. (laughs) That's actually quite clever. Um, So anyhow, so the church puts this reading always at the end of the liturgical year. It's usually around the... 34th week of the Ordinary Time comes Jesus Christ the King. Um, and so we have, all, each year we have a reading similar to this, and um, and that's why we're hearing that. I think that was your original question. I've yes, lost yes, it. All well, I can yes, think of how is did
0: uh, of, yeah, it was How did we get out of uh, or move back into it? seems like Holy Week? Uh, I think, all
1: I can think of is Bishop Clark and Times Square. And that's not right. Not right very that's much right. <laughs>
0: I'm heading out there actually in a couple of days. Uh, oh, so well, I'm Thursday, with I'm with <laughs> Heading out to uh, to New York City to watch Notre Dame get smeared by Army, probably. But um, oh dear, we can't go down there. That that's road right. Very now. We'll stick with this. Um, one of the things, of course, that this reading shows us, I think, is what it means when we talk about Christ as King. You know, th- I think the Church is very deliberate in choosing a reading where we see Christ on the cross, as opposed to. Christ in a throne room, um, you know, giving out all kinds of orders and decrees, and I think part of that is that it reminds us what it is to be king. You know, just as the the Jewish people didn't have an understanding of what it meant to be Messiah, they, or they didn't have the proper—I shouldn't say they didn't have an understanding; they just didn't have the proper understanding or the same understanding as God had planned out. And oftentimes, when we talk about Kings and Christ the King, you know, we think of Christ in his glory. And what the church here does is it holds up Christ on the cross and says, this is your king. You know, we have right, written right above the cross is Jesus Christ, King of the Jews. You often see it as inri. You know, people say, what does inri mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Latin for Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Rex, um, Jerusalem, the, the King of the Jews, I-N-R-I. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And that's an important thing for us to remember is that to be king, Jesus is a servant king and one who gives his life, the king gives his life for his people. And, you know, we talk about that in our society today with our civil leaders. We talk about them as being servants, you know, that it's a profession of service, if you will. Now, whether or not that's lived out, you know, we could sit here and debate till the cows come home, but... That's the idea behind it, and it's really modeled on the idea of Christ being the servant to his people. That really changed the way the world understood what it meant to be a leader, what it meant to be king, is to be one who serves and is suffering on behalf of his people and even puts his life on the line for his people.
1: That's a very good point, and it sort of connects to the first reading. If uh, you read that, it talks talks about the shepherd king david in this case and so that's a good connection Mm -hmm. i also like how the church pairs this reading up with the second reading this week um from paul to the colossians and it, it you get the glorious version of who jesus was he's the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation and at the end of the reading it's ties both of them together because it says for in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile all things for him making peace by the blood of his cross through him whether those on earth or those in heaven and so it ties it all together so it it just makes it more even i guess for me to understand Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and and that's the whole action i mean that's really the the key to the gospel as i said you know if this isn't about salvation and reconciling us to God, that's what salvation would be, then, you know, why are we here? And, of course, one of the things that we see in this reading is there's also not only a misunderstanding of what it means to be Messiah, but what it means to be saved. Um, You know, you hear the people, the guards and the Roman soldiers and everybody uh, jeering at him, you know, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And then we hear... The, um, the, thief on the, the thieves on the cross and saying, you know, well, are you the son of God? Are you the Christ? Save yourself and us. You know, they throw that on, to it, or the one throws that on too. It's not only save yourself, but save yourself and us. And there's this real earthly notion of salvation. It's, you know, continued life or salvation from death in this life or any pain or anything like that. And we see this over and over again in our literature and society, in movies and things like that. I mean, I talk about you know the way you see these end of the world movies all the time, and the goal is to avert the end of the world from coming. You know, it's we'll build a spaceship and escape the planet as it blows up, or you know something like that. You know, an asteroid's going to come, we'll create a big bunker and protect ourselves, and we'll continue on with this life as we know it. But what we learn here is salvation isn't about more of the same. It's not about continuing this life as we know it, but a complete transformation that comes about where, you know, as we continue on in the gospel, we all know what's going to happen. Jesus is going to rise from the dead and return in a glorified body and in a glorified state. That's what we're really aiming for, is that glorified state, not freedom from, or salvation from death, here on this earth or salvation from any kind of earthly pain and problems. I mean, that would be nice, too. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But the reality is we're going to experience something greater in the salvation that is to come. And to get to that salvation, we have to go through this process of suffering and death to this life if we want to move on to the next life.
1: You know, there's a lot of... uh common thing um, that we hear as Catholics, especially, is that we should unite our suffering with the suffering of Christ, and, you know, that's always been a hard concept for me to understand. I mean, I can't suffer as much as Christ did, and even if I, you know, I, for some awful reason, I was crucified, how do I unite that? What is it, how should I be thinking of that? Do you have any suggestion on that?
0: That's a, you know, that's a real dense topic that we can get into and probably do many podcasts (laughs) itself on. But the idea behind it is that we have to remember that suffering isn't pointless; it might seem it in many instances. and so when we talk about uniting or suffering with Christ, you know we can sit here and say that you know any suffering we experience on this earth is not pointless, but it is a way of you know bringing about a purification or something, and it has a place in God's plan, whether or not we know it oftentimes through suffering something greater is brought out, a greater unity with God. I talked about it last week on the podcast where we saw Jesus talking about the temple was going to be destroyed. Okay, That was a tantamount to the end of the faith and the end of the world for the Jewish people when that happened in 70 AD. But from that, the church arose. And what happened is you replaced what was the ultimate sign of God's presence, the temple, with God's actual presence, the Eucharist. Okay, So it brings about a greater unity. Same thing here when we see Christ's suffering here on the cross, the the death of his own body and the destruction of his own body. Okay, we can sit here, and for the apostles, the immediate response was, this was a devastation and an end to our hopes. You know, they, they say, we had hoped this one was going to be the Messiah. You know, and as if, you know, well, apparently we were wrong. But what we learned is God brought about a greater reality and brings about this resurrected Christ who comes in a glorified body one that doesn't suffer the way our bodies suffer and is more closely united with God and we know that that's what we'll experience in the afterlife as well so oftentimes our sufferings can bring about a greater closeness with God and sometimes if we look back on some of our past sufferings we can say yeah I've seen that happen of course, we don't always know how it's going to happen with every bit of suffering. We can also probably point to times when we've had to suffer, and we still don't, to this day, understand why we had to go through right. that. Um, you know, Ultimately, what we have to trust is God has a plan, and we're going to be brought into closer union with God. And so some of that suffering, by uniting our suffering to Christ, reminds us that you know it might seem senseless, and in, in many cases it does. But we have a faith that it's going to bring about a greater unity and closeness with God. So that's a short way of looking at it. I mean, again, we could delve into this, you know, (laughs) podcast on podcast and come up with many different ways. But as you probably know, and my podcast time is telling me that we've hit the end of our podcast. so We don't have time to go into all those today. But what we do have time to do is to say goodbye to everybody and to ask them to join us next week on your Sunday reading. Have a good week. God bless.